Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick, alongside with me, as always, the doctor, Robin Hall. <laughs> the doctor. The doctor. The doctor. Yes. Not A, but the. But the. Definite, the definite article. You didn't give your last name this time. I don't know if that has happened before, and I just only noticed it. Do I, do I always say Nick Thomas? I now I'm questioning everything. Mm, me either. <laughs> me, me, <laughs> as well, me as well. Yeah, I don't. Nothing know. makes sense. Welcome everybody to a Cash About It podcast. My name is Nick. Nah, I think I said Nick my Thomas. Name is Nick. No, I'm. <laughs> well, for you guys out there that listen a lot, you'll know. I'm finding out right now. Well, he's finding out. He's going to learn. No, no, no. My computer's being stupid. But yes, I am. I am the doctor. I am a doctor also. The. The and the, the and A. The one and only. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've recorded anything. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I know. I feel like maybe we're getting our sea legs again really quick. A little bit. Yeah. And that's why we forget. We don't know my last name anymore. That's what just happens daily for me, but I, I have to constantly look at my birth certificate. Oh, that's who I am. You have a good, you have a very, you have a good last name that's not difficult to remember. Thomas. Yeah. Yes. It it's all, like Smith or anything. It's pretty much. It's common. Know. I've mentioned I wonder this. how common it is. Have you ever looked it up to see how many Thomases there are? I've looked up how many Nicholas Thomases there are. And? And there's a, a whole Twitter account or X account, whatever they call it. Uh, and there was like 200 and. Oh, uh, no, like in the thousands, like 200,000, yeah. whatever followers. And they're all named Nick Thomas. That is hilarious. To yeah. Me. I, I also my middle name is Ryan, too. But like there's Nick also Ryan <laughs> Thomas. There's people around the world that do this, that find common names. And in I found a Ryan convention. What? Where a bunch of Ryans got together and partied. And they were all upset at Brian because they get confused for a Brian. So it's like, oh, what's your name, Ryan? Brian? No, Ryan with an R, right? You know, and it, that happens a lot to me as Nick. They go, you know, Rick or Mick or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, whatever. I feel like Nick is the most common. Of, like, well, maybe not the most common, but that's the one that like. It's the most common ick. Ick. <laughs> Except That's if you're a fish, yeah, and then yeah. you get ick. Yeah, then you get it. I have all. I have gotten a lot of interesting uh, misnomers. I've been Reuben a lot. You've been Reuben. I've People never... substitute teachers just kind of read my name really fast. I would misspell your name. A yeah, lot. maybe right. with an I instead yeah. of a Y. That's really common. Too. I, I don't think I can confuse. I don't Robin. feel. I don't feel weird about people spelling my yeah. name with an I, but it is with a Y. I do call you Rob. Yeah, that when what like the way I kind of gauge how comfortable like how like comfortable my friends are with me is when they start calling me Rob. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just it happens without even mm -hmm. noticing it. Yeah, call me Rob. And I know Rob sounds like a man, you know, Robert or whatever. Yeah, but like, because it's Rob, me, but... you like associate. Yeah, because yeah. you're. Uh, I have yeah. been called Robert, and Robert was my dad's name. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. and is that why you named you Robin? Kind of like a junior? Uh, you know, that I have asked that question of my mom multiple times. And I probably asked it of my dad, too, before he passed away. But I think that Robin, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Terrible. It was never confirmed for you. No, it, because it wasn't that. Because yeah. I know that it may have occurred to them after the fact that, like, oh, it's kind of like Robert. But mm. it wasn't. That wasn't what motivated it. Mm. I'm pretty sure... It was like somebody my mom knew or like maybe not a friend, like friend level, but like acquaintance mm. that she that had the name Robin and they, and my mom just liked it. Mm. And my dad did. There's a clearly, sublime album called Robin the Hood. <laughs> so my Instagram, my personal Instagram ha handle is Robin of the Hood. A Robin of the Hood. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is a nickname I acquired back when mm. I was like 18 mm -hmm. um, because it. I'm so hood. Yeah. What, it actually has like a double meaning these days because when you get your doctorate, you go through what they call a hooding ceremony mm -hmm. where you get like your, you, somebody else who has a PhD or a PsyD, some doctorate and something puts like the hood, like a hood. It looks kind of like a cape on you. Like an assassin? <laughs> no, it's not that cool. A cape with a hood. Yeah, it's not that cool. It's really not. Because <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. So, and I'm like hood. five foot, ten and a half inches tall. So, most people, like I'm on the, I'm taller than average. Mm -hmm. So, I had to do this weird like craning event where I like <laughs> bent in half so that my dissertation chair, uh, who this I adored, her name was Dr. Like her a name, cult initiation. It really is. <laughs> it feels like that. You are being initiated yeah. into a group of people. Mm -hmm. um, so, my, my dissertation chair 
uh, Dr. Melissa Flint. She, I'm sure somebody out there will go, it's Freemasonry. She was like half my height. Yeah. And so it was an interesting crane mm. event there. Oh, I had to look more into it. I know. I always thought like if I ever did like a graphic novel, it would yeah. be it would be like an alter ego mm. of me, like Robin of the Hood. Right. And she would fight crime by, she would be a therapist by day. You can get Joy to write it for you. And a crime fighter by night. Yeah. <laughs> she Joy would totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. She would do that, yeah. Uh, Joy Hunter from, our our friend from Sheologians. Yeah. Well, my friend from long, long ago. But, yeah. Um, we are total. I feel like we have spiraled. It has been a while since we've recorded. So, uh, housekeeping, housekeeping stuff. Yeah, always, always, always. Uh, you can go to a couch divider podcast uh, yes. at gmail.com. You don't go to a couch divider <laughs> podcast at gmail, but you can email us there, there. Uh, with all your questions, comments, uh, uh, praises, Stories, uh, yeah. uh, uh, praises if you want, uh, uh, critiques, um, <laughs> but you know, we won't read those. Um, and, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then you can visit us on social, uh, yes. couch divide pod, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. And then we, we always mention this on our Patreon show, yes. which we have an extended show called on the couch right is it yes it's, it's derivative from a couch divided and my husband so, forgets that it's called on the couch yeah, and calls like, it on, on the, the sofa, sofa or the couch what? or yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's like what the, we'll but he is him. a third host he really is and we're just he uh, fell into that role <laughs> I, I don't feel the need to correct him anymore because it's no. kind of funny it and, funny. and it, he turned it into his own so and that's what you got to do, do as well <laughs> you just take your follies and you own up to it that's and, right and, he's good at that yes he's good. He's at very that, yeah he's he's definitely one that doesn't take himself too seriously i can yes i can learn from him um, because I am extremely serious sometimes about myself. Uh, <laughs> I have a story about that actually really yeah. quick. Uh, so we got home from church last night uh-huh. and uh, we had we had three stops on the way home. Like we stopped to get dinner. Mm-hmm. We stopped to get gas and then we had a grocery order to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so he got gas. So he had his wallet out. So we get home and he's like, I cannot find my wallet anywhere. Like, it's, it. I know he's like, there are no cards in it because he had taken the card out of the wallet to use it at the pump and then and didn't put it back in the wallet. Mm-hmm. So he's like, maybe it dropped out of the car at the gas station. And he probably spent like 10 minutes looking for his wallet. And he's like, well, just keep an eye out for it today. So this morning, I'm literally like, I'm I ha- I'm not even really cleaning yet. I was getting ready to like straighten the kitchen up, and I look down at our kitchen island, mm-hmm. and there it's just sitting there. <laughs> like the wallet is just there. Like I didn't. Which means he took it out, put it on the table, on and the then counter, instantly forgot and then that forgot. He did it. But then also looked at it. Mm-hmm. Like at least 15 times. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> and so I messaged him later that, that like later today, earlier in the morning. And I was like, babe, I found your wallet. He was like, where was it? I was like, well, I feel kind of bad actually telling you where it was. <laughs> and so I didn't. He was like, well, that's just simply not true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I can't. I mean, something happened. And he was like, there must be a portal on the island Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah that's the only explanation so he his plan is to come home tonight and bless the counter because clearly there's yeah maybe god just just (laughs) put it back there (laughs) he's got a really good sense of humor about himself but i like i even i was surprised at that Uh, one i used to be known for one who forgot his wallet lost his wallet um and i think that was the weed um (laughs) you know uh, as soon as uh, all that stuff started to like go away as soon as you, yeah i right. started to remember things where but you there put was, things yeah there was this one time uh this is a long time ago that for some reason i put my wallet on the top shelf of my closet i don't huh. know why i think it was just because it was in my hand i was already placing yeah. something on there and i'm like all right i'll get that in a second and then it was gone out of your mind and forever. then it was gone out of my mind forever i never place it there i, I can forget things <laughs> um and <laughs> Uh, the next day I didn't even need it until the next day. And so the next day I'm driving and I have to have my wallet because of the license and everything. And I'm searching and I'm tearing apart the house and I do not know where it right. is. It was gone forever. And I was getting ready to get mad because I can get, I, I get very angry of those situations, especially if I have to go somewhere because I'm thinking now I'm going to be late and I'm going to mm-hmm. have to have the excuse of I couldn't find my wallet and what a silly little boy I'm being and all blah, blah, blah. And you, you talk about taking yourself too seriously. All of a sudden I start going, this is just like you. You're a loser. Low blah, frustration blah, blah. Oh, tolerance. My goodness. Yeah, just go on. Anything that goes wrong, self-deprecative like that. And I took a deep breath and I prayed and I said, Lord, I, I, I help me find my wallet. Please help me find my wallet. Yeah. And right after I said, amen, the vision, 
of a closet, and Where I'm like, you, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, right. I know. Yeah, I left it there. Right there. Mm-hmm. Three seconds. I don't think that that's. Now. I don't think that's gonna happen with mm-hmm. James tonight. I'm no. certain that the like memory of him putting the wallet down is just gone. No, but, but I'm, I'm glad what that showed me in a sanctifying process is just calm down. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. stop. stop. Slow to anger. You may not find it. You may find it, but you do yeah. need to calm. James down. is so good at that. He yeah. is so good at not getting like mm-hmm. revved up yeah. about things like that. Yeah. Cause he'll just fix it. And you're like, yeah. well, if I, need I to try get and put cards. things back in the exact same spot every time, not because yeah. I'm disciplined or organized, but because if I don't, I will lose it every time. I know people that put their keys in the fridge and, uh, because, yeah, because you need to leave, you can't leave without your keys or your wallet or anything like that. So like you can't leave without your keys. So they'll put their wallet in the fridge with the keys. So but, if they go to somebody's oh, house and oh, things like that, oh, I yeah, see what you're they saying. don't want to sit on their wallet or whatever like that. Uh, my brother won't sit on that his wallet. That's so weird. I've never had anybody put their keys yeah. or wallet in so, my fridge. But the keys you can't leave without. So you always grab those things. So you put it with oh. another item that you can Okay. Possibly so leave. Women, this is why purses are excellent because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we put it all in the purse. Yeah. And you all have to do is search for an hour. You'll find it. It's in there. <laughs> and some other things. Oh, I didn't know this was in here. <laughs> Look at this hypodermic needle. <laughs> Look at my epinephrine shot. But that's actually a, 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 a good segue the keys and the wallet association and things like that. What are we talking about today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, let's. So go be a Patreon member oh yeah 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 go do that because our show is awesome we're actually getting ready right after we record this episode to record an on the couch episode with a very special guest and i'm so pumped yeah it's gonna be awesome and and it's gonna be awesome you can go to a patreon patreon.com slash a couch divided right patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n yep dot com dot com pat rion pat rion yeah yeah become a patron yeah um a, a patron we are so grateful for those of you that have it you guys are amazing well everybody out there we love you all but thank you so much especially to the patreon patrons and you guys get access to this other show that not everybody does um and we've got actually a ton of stuff coming in the new year for our patreon so for our subscribers and like multiple tiers, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, we're going to hood somebody there too as well. <laughs> and so you can just see that ceremony the live. Hooding. But a patreon.com slash a couch divided. We have over over six, seven hours of extra content for you. Yes. And one's coming weekly, sometimes bike weekly. Um, and uh, we appreciate everybody who's subscribed. Yes. seem to enjoy it. Yeah. You will too. Patreon.com slash a couch divided. Enough with the banter. Enough with Ooh. all of that. Yes. Yeah, so what Let's are we talking get, about tonight, Nick? We Let's. are. It is a very haunted couch this week. <laughs> That was perfect. I wish, I kind of wish more that we had like ghosty ghouls. Yeah, I know. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Well, no, but so like when when we were mapping out like what we would be recording in October, November, December, we do plan, believe it or not. Um, My thought was, well, what do we talk about in October in homage to Halloween? Um, So we decided Mm -hmm. that it would be kind of a fun, it would be fun like a break from like our normal content in terms of like, you know, taking a disorder and breaking it down and discussing yes. that. Um, Psychological experiments gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. So horrible psych experiments. And um, if you guys have been listening for a long time since the beginning, or if you're just curious, uh, you can go back to our treasury and find it. We did an episode on the Milgram experiment. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember when was that. It's like two years ago, that three was about years ago. Two, two years ago, yeah. Oh wow! So that one is good. Go check her out. It's a good episode. Did we do anything else? I don't think so. No. The Gloria tapes are about the closest we got to, but that wasn't unethical. Or no, that like wasn't that. unethical. Yeah. It was experimental. I yes, guess, if that you was an experiment. That. But, but was, what we're going to talk cool. about today is highly unethical. Mm. So many unethics happening. (laughs) Um, So both Nick and I have a story. We have an experiment. Um, We thought we would perhaps do both of them in one episode. If we manage, then that's what we'll do. If not, this will be a two episode uh, haunted couch divided the haunted couch the haunted divided. couch divided. In, in, in our experience that is so weird because my experiment is all about stuttering oh is it gosh the lord has such a sense yeah, of humor there you go oh i love it you know it was funny because i've mentioned this before when i was 17 i got a brick thrown at my head yeah that's what I, used, I used to say i got that, a, he, that's not a joke that actually happened yeah i used to say i i got hit 
with uh, a head in the brick. You know, <laughs> oh no! Um, and do that on purpose. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> your poor mommy. <laughs> yeah, oh. I know. I know. Like, Why are you making fun of that? Yeah, yeah. she's mortified. <laughs> But uh, I had a, a speech impediment because of that uh, for like six months. It was a was it a, a stutter? No, it was a ah. Uh, yeah, that I is technically a stutter. Yeah, uh, but I couldn't get a word out. I knew what I wanted to say, but I sure. couldn't get it out. Mm-hmm. And so, but there was a hematoma, you know, on pressing a brain, pressing on that area. Yeah. Of and as soon as that right. kind of the swelling yeah. went down, my speech came back. So I went to a speech therapist, and he's like, she's like. There's really nothing we can do. We have to just wait. To right, you. right. Like you, this isn't about yeah. you relearning how to talk. You know how. Right but, now you just have a blood bubble right, causing aphasia. The scar tissue that is there, I notice a slight stutter in me, especially if I'm tired sometimes. You mean I, still to this day? Still to this day, yeah. It, no one notices it. If I say I have a stutter, if somebody would be like, what are you talking about? You speak fine. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you speak very well. But when I'm tired, sometimes I can't get a word out or sometimes sure. I, I just notice that. Almost now, like you're having a stroke. It, it feels like that. Yeah. And actually, I was preaching a sermon Sunday uh, yesterday, um, uh, helping this church. And there was a word that I messed up. What word was it? I forgot. But oh. like I was waving my hands, you know, I was being, you know, whatever, you know, what I talking do when I with preach. Talking with your body. Talking with my body. And I said, I promise I'm not having a stroke. Did uh, everyone laugh? Yeah, they did. Okay. But I, there was an older congregation there. And I go in the back of my mind, I go, should I have said Yeah, this? maybe. <laughs> know your audience. Yeah. <laughs> maybe somebody there has had one. But uh, uh, nobody nobody complained. You know, my daughter had a stroke. <sighs> um, they, yeah. So, like, whatever. We're, but, not, um, we, we're not actually making fun of no, strokes. No, no. I was just worried <laughs> that somebody might equivocate that. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but we're actually yeah. not going to start with my study. We're going to start with Nick's study. Yeah. Which, um, it's, so it is, it is one of the more famous psych experiments gone horribly wrong. Um, but it's less known than like the big headliners, like, like Stanford prison. I mean, and you're going to learn about these, uh, these studies, you know, in your beginning courses. Yeah. Psych 101. Psych 101 or whatever. (laughs) Um, and, and really, we need to know these things uh, yeah. because there is ethics in psychological experiments. Oh, and yes. how do you even counsel, too, as well? Listen, let's just start with a biblical perspective. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Yeah. Right. And yeah. lots and lots of right. harm was right. done to the neighbor here. Yes. And, and, but we have the hindsight perspective, too, as well, because at the time, I mean, even before this experiment was conducted, and, and, and I'll, I'll go into what this is and what we're talking about, um, you can tell right already right off the bat what you want to do could be harmful um you so wait wait you mean like you what you're saying is that the experimenters should have really known you don't need the apa to tell you that you're being unethical here um and there's just i think psychological experiments were you know, fairly new or, you know, pressing the boundaries were fairly new, especially at this time um, and seeing what makes man go left and right um, that they just kind of pay no mind. There were so yeah. there were no like actually a lot of people credit Stanford Stanford prison experiment with like the catalyst for like our ethics impose the development of an ethical code in psychology or at least like a a broad reaching ethical code but as you'll hear from both of the experiments we're going to talk about long long before Stanford prison experiment um and really I they were doing real unethical stuff you know I don't know if they could tell in the prison Stanford experiment that it was going to be oh no they totally knew well I don't think that they knew what it would become but so right off the bat and this is true in Nick's experiment and it's true in my experiment the head experimenter is a participant in the experiment in all of these studies which Mm -hmm. immediately biases the experiment right right, right, right. so some of the information that they and and it is very like when you when you stand back and look it's like okay look at the like egomaniacal processes that are it's very it's very very arrogant in my opinion that to think so like in the stanford that's what i'm thinking of yeah the head experimenter also acted as the warden yeah so what yeah and and that was not revealed to any participant in there he just shows up he just is the warden so yeah that we 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 have thought about doing an episode on that experiment but it's so well known that we wanted to go we wanted to give you guys a little tickle 
and so paste is something less known. Experiment that I researched and you know yes. heard about uh, briefly before. What is the name of your experiment? And the, and the name's got a kind of an eerie thing I going know, there. It's the, weird. The Little Albert experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Poor baby so Albert. Yeah, little, Poor uh, Albie. Oh, well, just the fact that you just said baby Albert, like like it's it's little. Oh, Albert. little. Yeah, right. The reason why he's little Albert is because he's a baby. He's because he's a baby. Now they're doing a psychological experiment on a baby. Stop. So right. <laughs> Period. <laughs> end of end of end of podcast. This is not seeing about attachment disorders. <laughs> Well, even though that could be, you know. I mean, uh, but you're, I don't think you're creating a no, no, no. traumatic experience. You're seeing it. Atta- good attachment <laughs> should have already been established yeah, it, it, by so the no time harm, you're you know, Albert. So age. no harm should be done. Um, but, but well, I think attachment can still be influenced later, but we'll see. Um, but how, uh, so tell us really quickly how old little Albert is. Just a little tot, nine months old. Okay, that's is, what I was. I yeah. like I forget exactly how old he is. So but a nine month old baby who can't process really anything. He's a tiny. He's, just, he's a tiny tot. And and I kind of like the name Albert too. Well. I, I do too. Why. Yeah, uh-huh, um, I like it. So for anybody that's interested after the fact, and we could if we we could post it in. Uh, show notes on patreon um th- you can actually see video of mm. parts of this experiment they they have video recorded video of it um it's in black and white it looks it looks uncanny kind of like the wizard of oz scene with a with a tornado like that's mm. what it reminds me of mm. um but you can on you i'm sure on youtube you can find actual clippets of the experiment parts mm. of the experiment being done mm. so for so, any of you guys interested so let's get down to this let's let's, let's explore set the scene for yeah, us yeah the, the little albert experiment the little albert experiment was a famous psychology experiment conducted what year what year uh 1924 yeah yeah so nick's is earlier than mine yeah and this is you know the age of you know all this stuff is starting to be new right Right. we're just Freud and all of that well i mean so freud's been practicing a while at this point but um like the 1920s were not marked by uh, self control. Surprised they didn't give a little Albert cocaine. <laughs> they were really, they were really marked by a lot of hedonism. Like you, like it's your. We're not doing a cultural study, you know, but this is you know, uh, you know, after the age of the Enlightenment, and a lot of people are already starting to rebel uh, against uh, the church and against ethics, sexuality, and sexuality, and all of this stuff. And so, why not experiment on a little baby? Well, right. I mean, so what we're not saying is that we are under any kind of misapprehension or mis understanding that they weren't doing unethical experiments before this because it happened but you start to see like documented experiments in psychology psychiatry as a field in this time period so and experimentation is not outside the human condition and and it doesn't have to be unethical if you read the whole book of ecclesiastes he's observing you wouldn't have the scientific method without christians you observe you come to a conclusion sometimes you have to create test hypotheses and uh, you know even the book of ecclesiastes you know solomon he's not experimenting but he is looking out into his environment and drawing conclusions by the actions of the human condition and drawing conclusions. And this is what we want to do in experiments. We want to observe, we want to conclude, and we want to give wisdom. I So and, I I just, I need you to elaborate a little more on what Solomon was doing. So observing his environment what, and coming so to So what's he observing? The human condition. What right? human, what? Oh, oh, you mean like exis, okay, I yeah. get what you're saying. So like he... There is a time for everything. Right. Like he's he is and observing what it means to be a human being. Yeah. And what the poor go through, what the rich go through, mm-hmm. what wisdom is, what it isn't, what is good for man, what gotcha. isn't good for man. And he's doing this all by observing everything around. So when you because so when the let me explain when you say the human condition, my mind automatically goes to like the sin condition and like that's what i think of that's but part what, of it yeah. but what you're talking what you're saying man's is, a lot yeah. yeah like the experience the full and total experience the full, of being yeah, holistically yeah. what it means to be a person got it and what god has given that mankind to do mm-hmm. you know and then the cyclical nature of it uh in many ways we've always been curious about what makes us go left and right right uh well it is right. the glory of God to conceal a thing right. and the honor of kings to seek and, and, it out. And the pyramid, 
the Puritans. See, I can't talk. Uh, see, no, the Puritans, um, you know, an all-encompassing thought were the founding fathers of the scientific method uh, in a sense of uh, observing and recreating what uh, they see. And the Little Albert experiment was a famous psychological experiment conducted by the behaviorist John B. Watson. Mr. Watson, Dr. Watson. Right, me. and graduate student, Rizali uh, Rayner, uh, that was his wife. Uh, and they Again, always, unethical. Yeah. So like. They, they were always going to put not graduate the way, student. Not yeah. the way. Well, yeah. what I mean is like, how are you unbiased if you are married to the principal explorer right. in the study? Right. Guys. And so in this kind of experiment was inspired by, you know, Ivan Pavlov. Uh-huh. Uh, so, which is a, yeah, why don't you set the stage for, like, classical conditioning operation? Sure. I mean, you know, Russian psychologist, right? Uh, he was I, not. He was not a psychologist. Wow. Well, no, Ivan Pavlov was studying salivation in dogs. He right. was not a psychologist. Or, excuse me, physiologist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to say psychologist. His observation yeah. had a lot of psychological yeah. implications, but he was not. Right. And So this is another famous experiment. Right. Pavlov's dogs. Which is a total ethical experiment. Um, you know, dogs assume, are yeah. man's companions. Why not uh-huh. see how we can benefit from that both? Well, he, know? so he, this is, this is how a lot of experiments come about. He happened, he stumbled upon, he noticed that while like he was, so while he was looking at salivation in dogs, he noticed that he could ring a bell and just by ringing a bell, he could get the dogs that he was working with to salivate because they had associated that bell ringing mm. with the presentation of food. So he was really the first guy to observe and then document something that we call classical conditioning. So which is taking a neutral stimulus, which is the bell, and pairing it with like a reward, which is mm-hmm. the food, and then finding that you could just present the formerly neutral stimulus of the bell mm-hmm. to the dog and that the dog would then salivate because he was associating right. the bell with receiving right. the food. I do, I've done this with my dog um, in yep, order yeah. to get him to shake my hand. Yes. I paired it with a cookie. And then anytime <laughs> I said the word shake after that, after the pairing, um, he would just automatically do yes. it. And we that, use it. To, we train yeah. our animals this way. He knows that he's not going to get a cookie every time. But yeah, he, he'll eventually. Do it. He does it automatically with a cookie, but I have to command him without know, the cookie. I know, they're smart. Yeah. And so he still knows. He but, knows. But he's conditioned to actually listen to Your me Your dog's now. name is Toby. Toby, yeah. Like my son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I often think of the two. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. So Watson. So Watson took Pavlov's research a step further by showing that emotional reactions could be classically conditioned in people. So his idea, his thought, right, is like, I wonder if we can do the same thing. Like the thing that that Pavlov, Pavlov, excuse me, Ivan Pavlov, Mm. that he observed. I wonder if that same thing is true in human beings and if we can essentially Mm. teach, like learn Mm -hmm. classically conditions, uh, a person to have mm. a re- conditioned response to yeah. a, a stimulus. For some reason, I think the military is really, really, um, I mean, because, you know, Hitler had sort of the same aspirations um, in his experiments well, too, yeah. that, to create a super soldier and condition him that way, um, or even sabotage another nation kind of thing. But, you know, uh, Watson and Rayner, you know, called little Albert actually traditionally Albert B. You know? So now we're classifying a human. We don't know. If this baby's actual name is Albert, but it's, Albert B. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't know. Yeah, and so prob- now we maybe back then they probably wouldn't have thought twice of actually using yeah, his real name. I I don't know if the, I don't know if that B means that they're going to fill in a last name or if there was a previous Albert A and or if Watson <laughs> wanted to say that he has if it was Wa- B Watson mm-hmm. like because his middle initial is B. Well, who knows? Who anyway, knows? but um. Albert B. Uh, is known popular today as Little Albert. Little Albert. And, uh, yeah. And when Little Albert was nine months old, Watson and Rayner exposed him to a series of stimuli, just like Ivan Pavlov and the dog, <laughs> including a white rat, a rabbit, a monkey, masks, and burning newspapers, and observed the boy's reaction. Now, the the color white in here is very important. It's super important. Yeah, because in an all-encompassing thought, the, the rat, the rabbit, the, the monkey, the mask, the burning newspapers, I don't know so much about the monkey, uh, but um, uh, 
all seem to be similar or generalized similarly as far as their look and touch and feel. Well, color, the color yeah, is the similar. Color. I'm yeah. actually not, I can't remember reading one way or the other about the color of the monkey, but at that point, I would like to see a white monkey by the, I mean, they do. Yeah, they exist. Um, beautiful. At that point, like there had been so much conditioning already with white rat, white rabbit that it really, you could have had a, like a gray, a different colored monkey mm-hmm. and it, it wouldn't have mattered exactly. Now the, the, you know, Albert initially showed no fear of any of the objects that right. he was shown when he initially. was. So, so to set the stage for this nine months old, he doesn't know what any of these things. So are. all that's happening at first is Albert is sitting Mm-hmm. holding himself up like a nine month old usually can hold them, themselves mm-hmm. in a sitting position mm-hmm. and a white rat is presented to him mm-hmm. and that's it. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that's happened. There's only a, a rabbit and then the, ra- the or not a rabbit, a rat. And then the rabbit, <laughs> then the rats taken away mm-hmm. and then a bunny, a white bunny is presented. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that like, there's no, there's no pairing of anything except I'm showing you Just the objects. Object. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then it Currently, starts to get strange like masks and then burning newspapers, <laughs> you know. Um, so we got a rat, a rabbit, a monkey. Okay, those things could be neutral even though I'm kind of afraid of rats. Are you? Um, now, oh, you know, because I know what they are. I, I, I Disease. Diseased. In, in, I'm not afraid of rats. Excuse I'm me. not afraid of a, you know, somebody's pet rat. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't, right. Oh my gosh. Right. I was in Chicago. Oh my God. This is so, this is years ago now. And I swear to you, I was walking down the street. Don't remember which street. And I like saw something move out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, oh, there's a cat. Mm-hmm. Because that's how big it was. It mm-hmm. was the size of a cat. Oh my goodness. And it was a rat. Yeah. Those things are huge. I didn't realize that that was a, Did like you, freak? you well, <laughs> I was like, I actually paralyzed. Like I froze. Yeah, froze. I, I, I kept moving, but like my whole person dislocated from my body I'm, like my soul left i'm like the, uh, the 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 lady and tom and jerry when they sees jerry and then he hops up on the chair yeah and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i'm kind of like yeah. that so like there was a, a a trash can tipped over in my uh neighborhood um and uh, the neighbor's house down the street and so i'm like i'm gonna go pick that up for them Aww. but there was some trash spilt all over the place and i'm like well i'll just bite it bite the bullet and just that's so nice put it back in the, yeah whatever i was just walking <laughs> well i i did that and there was a giant rat. and there was a giant rat in it oh so my gosh. i'm like sorry folks you know sorry right. sorry neighbor you're <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is how it's going to be until you pick it up right <laughs> i tried it to help ran right out as soon as yeah. i started picking up trash <laughs> And I freaked. I went, nope, okay, no. Nope. Yeah, you but tried was to- it as big as a cat, Nick? Yeah. It was? Well, no, but I mean. I don't think we get rats that size in Huge Phoenix. tail. I remember the huge yeah. tail, but it was huge. But you hear tales tell yeah. of the giant sewer rats yeah. in New York. And that and thing could have bit me. Oh, totally. You know, and I wouldn't care how big it was after that. <laughs> no, no, I no. I get a shot now. It like magnifies like a hundred times but its I mean, size. You know, you're talking about conditioning. I'm conditioned to think that way because I, I know what a rat is. And there is. He's a vermin. I mean, you know, very beneficial caution to be, you know, not. <laughs> bit by a rat. To be bit by a rat. <laughs> to or avoid a, that. Or a squirrel or any kind of rodent. <laughs> Um, he does not want the bubonic unless it's from PetSmart, and even then, I have to go. <laughs> okay, it's just a. <laughs> but did you die? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> and we're going to get to that in, in a second. <laughs> why that is even uh, maybe important, but you know, the next time Albert was exposed to the rat, Watson made a loud noise. Right, so he he was paired with a rat. No fear. But then the next time he saw so, the rat. Okay, so like trial condition one. I actually right. don't know how it's divided. But so like here, Albert, look at this rat. Isn't it cute? Great. Okay, rats away. Right. Now look at this bunny. Isn't Bong. that cute? Yeah. So then tr- <laughs> like now we're actually adding in like not a neutral stimulus. The neutral stimulus is supposedly the rat, like the right. unconditioned. And, and so the, the loud noise came from um, a metal. A gong. Well, no, it, 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 here I have. And it, that could be, uh, but here I have um, a, the loud noise was created by a metal pipe uh, that oh. was hit with a hammer. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just In my gong. mind, it was a yeah. gong, but yeah. But like similar, right? Because the, you imagine like, so, okay. Also, you guys can see this in the video. This is so Albert. Hi, Albert. Look at the rat. Remember the cute rat we showed you? Here's mm-hmm. the rat again. And then from behind Mm -hmm. so like it's not like somebody walks up to albert shows him the pipe and the hammer or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and then is like look this is here and i'm gonna hit it Mm -hmm. it's it was 
came up behind him mm-hmm. and put the uh, like the 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 clanging object like relatively close to his head right and bong bong right. and you know it, children are tender um and let's just not but even that would that would terrify a grown man yeah and let's just not just even go to the existential uh <coughs> things that can happen in trauma but like you could blow out hearing you can yeah. you know, <laughs> i mean like oh my gosh you guys there can be some physical trauma to hearing so a sound too close and not ready for when, it. when, like, somebody, like, drops a cup. Mm-hmm. The, so, especially my PTSDers out there who are just mm-hmm. hyper-aroused. Somebody lets a car door slam. Somebody drops a cup. And you have this insane, exaggerated, startled response. Like, ah! Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, now you're a baby. And you're not expecting at all that these really nice people who are presenting you with fluffy, fuzzy things mm-hmm. are going to scare you. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens. So, wow. here is this rat here it is this fluffy fuzzy rat that prior to the banging of the pipe and the hammer Mm -hmm. does not elicit any fear response like right Mm -hmm. now we are parent every time so every time the rat is reintroduced to albert Mm -hmm. is another gong Mm -hmm. every time instead of saying oh his hearing works let's traumatize the kid now (laughs) oh okay right so so you knew he was going to hear it yeah, well, you so the so the, yeah. the the actual point is to elicit a fear response. Yeah. That's what the experimenters are trying to do. This formerly neutral stimuli, the rat that didn't have any fear association, now we're going to see if we can teach Albert to be afraid of the rat, mm-hmm. right? So that the same as with Pavlov and his dogs, just the presentation of a bell, right? Not the food, but the association with the bell and like food. If I just show you the bell, dog will you salivate Mm -hmm. so albert if i pair this rat and this loud scary noise Mm -hmm. what will you actually become afraid now in the absence of the noise right but just with the presentation of the rat right and so naturally what happens yes they find out their yes yeah the child begins to cry not difficult so after hearing the loud noise the child begins Mm -hmm. to cry and after repeatedly not once not twice right but Multiple, multiple times. times pairing the white rat and specifically the white rat uh with the loud noise albert began to uh begin to, uh, began sorry began to, uh, began, he began to expect a frightening noise whenever he saw the white rat so okay. after a while every time now he sees the white rat he reacts to right. it if i recall it so it doesn't take very long i don't actually remember mm-hmm. how many times they did pair the rat with mm-hmm. the noise but it's mm-hmm. well especially not a, very long yeah, and especially a child who can't process things. He doesn't know he's in. He just knows that yeah. when that rat comes around, right. there's a loud, scary noise to follow. If you tell me that I'm in an experiment, it, it could take a hundred times to to. I mean, I'm and I'm ready for it. I know what you're doing, but if you uh, are, are going to withhold information right. from but me, this, I'm more vulnerable. So this the, another problem. What like there's so many ethical conundrums that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, but like as. As somebody who participates as a participant in a research experiment, you should be you should know or at least have some knowledge Brief, to be yeah. to be able to give consent to participate. Now, right. that doesn't mean that there aren't experiments that take place where researchers can disguise the actual intent of their project and right. do that ethically because they don't want to create biased. Uh, you well, know. and you can't if you're looking at looking for a specific reaction and you like talking about that reaction with the participant is going to bias or skew the study Mm. there are ethical ways to get around having to completely disclose like the full purpose of the study to the participant and and it will still remain ethical but you can't get informed consent from a nine-month-old baby no you can't and he can't say i don't want to do this anymore either which is another right. part of informed consent and he's not ready for anything no totally vulnerable and you're going to be able to elicit a fear response pretty quick yes it didn't right. take very many pairings now how he's going to react and how it's going to stick with him was is interesting i mean i, I, yeah. I guess everybody's different but the mo- you know 
So, so they continued though. Like it wasn't just the rat. Then they started pairing the bunny with the loud noise. Right. The monk. All of all, everything then gets paired with the loud noise. So what w- started as a neutral stimulus mm-hmm. is no longer neutral. And this is what Rots and 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 Rainer wrote. And he says the instant the rat was shown, the baby began to cry. Oh. Almost instantly, he turned sharply to the left, fell over on his left side, raised himself on all fours, and began to crawl away so rapidly that he was caught with difficulty before reaching the edge of the table so you know, he sees the rat and tries to escape I'm and then gonna, he falls I and he cry. can't do it just kind of like a horror movie where you're you're running away from ghost face you trip and he's immediately behind you <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so horrible yeah. guys his parents were there watching this just what, so you know that's a part even, of this what's is even true. more interesting is that that baby knew how to escape like I gotta well, get I away got, that's from dangerous this. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so this shows you in neuro, you know, we just even a cognitive person, what they develop, start to develop so primitively and so mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I think about the understanding of, you know, a Christian ethics in, 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 in child and uterus and, and, and utero and, uh, and uterus <laughs> and uterus and utero. <laughs> Child and uterus. If we have, if we ever come up with like start a band, that's the name. Child of Child and uterus. Child and uterus. I mean the Nirvana album. And, and, and but, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> James will play the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, is that the one of the first things that starts to develop? Develop is the the uh, is your neuro and in your brain, and uh, <coughs> where the soul lies. Your well, brain. no, but, but uh, where where they say psyche is the Greek word for soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your soul is your soul, not your right, brain. Right, and it's uh, we take it to the uh, uh, the immaterial aspect of it, and so like you 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 do see the human con- or, excuse me the image of God right there, starting. Um, oh, you yeah. know, in well, utero, I mean, it's already at the moment of conception. That's... Well, and they we know that like babies respond to loud noises in the womb too. Right, right. And so, okay, so now little Albert is trying to escape the rat. Yes, and so uh, wasn't a fear, uh, wasn't afraid of the rat. And now was he presented is. a loud noise repeatedly. Now he's afraid Paired of the rat. With the rat, yeah. And in so much, in, in, in such a way where he's is trying to escape. Like he's so afraid of it that he's trying to get away. It's not just a fear response. Mm-hmm. This is life or death. Now I'm getting Survi- I have it's to, a survival, a survival response. Fund. Yeah. And in addition to demonstrating what emotional responses could be. Um, uh, conditioned in humans, Watson and Rainer, uh, Rainer also observed the stimulus generalization. Whether yeah. they call it stimulus or stimuli generalization had occurred, meaning that he's going to be able to, he's going to associate every little white object now. Okay, so let's actually explain that. So yeah. like, so generalization within this context means taking aspects of what is not neutral, right? So what I'm afraid of and generalizing that my fear mm-hmm. is now not just associated with mm-hmm. a white rat. It is associated mm-hmm. and in well in baby Albert's case what we'll see is yeah. it, it it becomes associated with anything white. It generalizes right. to anything yeah, white. We think of a popular word today like being triggered, uh, something that reminds you of something or you know uh-huh. you're, you're so generalizing now, imagine now you're triggered. You're you know? a person and every time you see white you mm-hmm. go into a su- survival response. And this went to an extreme cuz after the conditioning process Albert feared not just the white rat, but a wide variety of similar white objects as well. His fear included the uh, other furry objects, including Rainer's fur coat. Oh, yeah. And then Watson wearing a Santa Claus beard. Oh. So they actually put these on and then went to Albert and said, look at this, Albert. Are you afraid? Are you afraid? And yes. And try to escape mm-hmm. running or crawling. Right. Down. Right. Right. Not right. doing it he very well. Yet, but yeah. Not doing it very well. Either even in the can the, I just explain process. to you what would happen to Doctor Watson and graduate student Rainer if that was my baby? Yeah, I know. Yeah, your mother instincts. Oh no, they wouldn't yeah. like guys. They wouldn't survive. You're going to be afraid of every woman with glasses. <laughs> I have glasses, <laughs> yes. so okay. For those of you that yeah. don't know that, I'm going to pair. <laughs> I'm going to pair my fist with your face, and you're going to be afraid of everybody's. Now hand. everyone will be afraid of the hood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hood, the hooded glasses. Yeah, I'm going to condition you to knuckles. Um, um I think. So before before we started recording, I was telling Nick that I was going to play devil's advocate because I think it's interesting. If you like what they're testing here is whether or not like we can cause a response to be learned. So if you 
if your hypothesis as an experimenter is, yes, we can teach someone to be afraid of something simply by pairing it with something else that's scary, then maybe you also believe that you can just as easily like unteach, right? Or deprogram, unpair, unassociate what has been taught, um, which would be really interesting had Watson, Rayner, anybody involved in this experiment tried at all to deprogram baby Albert, but I'll let you talk about that. Well, you know, and they didn't even they, get around to they didn't doing do that. You know, that. And they called it curing, and then obviously it's just like uh, we 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 laugh at that that cure word uh, today. But they didn't decondition him, right? Um, and their they excuse, did nothing to try yeah, and their, their excuse, undo what they did. Their excuse for that is that the, the mother and the child moved away, and I'm like, what did you even prep him? Wouldn't for the you fact, like you run know? as far away as possible from yeah, like, people that that did this? To right, your right. I, I did they did they move away to move away from this psychotic. From this experimenter? Right. Yeah. Uh, or did they just pick up and move? And if that's the case, did you even brief them on mm-hmm. the fact that you should condition? And did you have any objective standard that you were using in this experiment no. to try to gain any kind of result? No. Or were you just trying to, okay, Pavlov's dog, human being. Were you curious about thing. something and didn't think through at you, all the consequences? You had a weak hypothesis and a weak uh, um, uh, idea. Well, their hypothesis wasn't weak. Their experiment was weak. Yes, and, and, and any kind of structure that you had in there was lack thereof. And and then, okay, do do we... Protecting go, the baby didn't, it was not on the priority right. list. And so in, in 2000, so what happened to him? You yeah, know, what, ha- what it happened now, to him? Now, the little Albert. boy had hydro uh, syphilis. Well, uh, or cephalus. Cephalus, <laughs> not hydrocephalus, which is like, you know, like a water STD. A water-based Yeah, a water-based, uh, a water-based <laughs> STD. No, uh, <laughs> hydrocephalus. <laughs> um, a buildup, uh, that's a buildup of. Fluid in the brain. Tish, yeah. Yeah. F- yeah. Uh, fluid in the uh, in the right. brain. Wait, so this, the, we do know that that's true or we just. That is what is document. widely documented and this okay. is what they're going with. But there's been some evidence presented to the contrary, but this is what's really known okay. about him. Um, so, th- but they knew about this, this condition right. before using him in the experiment. That's what was presented in 2012 after oh. they started to investigate because they wanted to find the real mom in there and then the... And the, the actual and, yeah. Albert, yeah. Right, but uh, the little uh, boy, little Albert, his real name was Douglas. I'm not going to mention the last name in here, but Douglas died at the age of six, though. Um, and uh, so in 1925, uh. Uh, because of um, the the fluid in his brain, um, which he had suffered since birth. So this was... Pre-existing. Uh, uh, pre-existing. Um, and the search showed uh, um, uh, that um, um, that there was evidence actually of Watson and Rayner knowing about this neurological condition before, even more, okay. beforehand and um, hid that evidence. That's so interesting because as an experimenter, um, interesting, what I mean to say is horrific and horrendous, but like you... <laughs> what you one of the things that you want in a participant is that like you can eliminate confounding variables and if they knew that hydrocephalus was happening in albert would they even why would they wanted to continue using him so there there is and so and you're thinking like a, a critical thinker here too as well because that kind of if that's true like let's just say they knew about it yeah then that casts a shadow over watson's legacy at all you know what well, I mean? And, and deepens ethical, you know, uh, uh, understanding. But in 2014, there was dast, uh, dast, there was doubt that was cast over those findings um, because there was a, a boy named William Barger um, uh, who they say was the real little Albert. So wait, who was Douglas? So Douglas was um, a man or, or was a boy whom they thought that the original mother was, um, you know, gave birth to. There's really no un- uh, other understanding other than uh, that uh, uh, two men, Beck and Alan uh, Fridland, um, uh, were investigating this. So yeah. wait, okay, so wait a minute. Sorry. And that was back in 2012 and 2014. There was contrary evidence. And they're saying no. So it's they, a, they have okay. So there's some debate about who actually baby Albert actually. Yeah, there's is. there's multiple babies that they go. No, this was this baby, Albert. This baby Albert. This could have been baby Albert, right? Uh, so in 2014, there was cast. Uh, uh, there was doubt cast over that. Um, and, over the fact that yeah. it was Douglas with hydrocephalus. Uh, and the reason why they say that is because there was uh, another little boy born on the same day. Barger was born on the same day as Douglas uh, to a wet nurse who uh, worked 
worked at the same hospital um, um, and uh, was born in the same hospital. And uh, while his first name was William, uh, he was known his entire life by uh, his middle name, which is Albert. Huh. And so Albert could have been his real well, name. Well, and I love Al- Albert B. Mm-hmm. Barger. That yeah. could be it. Well, you know, in, yeah. regardless, while, you know, experiments continue uh, to debate the true identity of the boy at the center of Watson's experiment, there is little doubt that little Albert left a lasting impression on the field of psychology and really started to have us be concerned about, you know, ethical issues and harming people. The mother, uh, their last name was Merritt. Um, and so Douglas Merritt, you know, I was just saying oh, Douglas oh. Merritt was the original. The uh, guy they thought was originally yeah. baby Albert. And then there was. Um, Some uh, doubt cast over that and yeah. that it could have been this other guy, William. Yeah, William Barger. Barger. Who could be the uh, uh, little Albert, well, what happened same to, age. What happened to like William that. Barger? Uh, and they, they haven't said anything other than they died of natural causes. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and there wasn't anything. And so it's like, okay, did it have lasting effects? Was oh this unethical? Gosh. Yes. Yes, objectively, whoever little Albert is, it right. was unethical. Just, I mean, just listen to what I described. Knowing in 2023, if you did that to a little child. What would happen you, to you? What would happen to you? And it's a polyg for a reason. And so an all-encompassing thought because of this, you know, by today's standards, this experiment would not be allowed. Oh, my gosh. And no. there is, you know, and I can relate to a lot of this, and I'll mention this, and we'll move on. But when I came off the streets and out of drug addiction, I had extreme post-traumatic reactions to a lot of things um, and paranoia and, and thinking people are following me and harming me on purpose or trying to mess with me psychologically I used to think that cameras were embedded into my brain and they were peering into my thoughts and people were following me around. And I had a strange reaction to sounds. And during my psychosis under the drug methamphetamine, I would hear sounds following me and that people were uh, messing with me and creating these sounds just so that I would have a reaction. And that reaction stuck with me even in sobriety. And it took me about a couple of years to not react to sounds so sensitively. Car door shutting, mm-hmm. um, pans clinging around in the kitchen and all of that stuff, you know. Even loud noises um, such as a car engine turning on would would if I wasn't ready for it, well, it I mean, would, so I would yeah, shudder. Yeah. So you were very hyper aroused yeah. and mm-hmm. hypersensitive to sound. And I equivocated it with people messing with me. It was mm-hmm. part of my paranoia and that was, was eliciting the reaction. As God started to bring peace to my heart and the understanding of how I should love my neighbor and what kind of person I'm going to be, mm-hmm. I started rising to the occasion of... Well, being exposed to these without so much reaction, a little bit that of that, I, I believe, was natural healing, obviously ordained by the Lord. But then also, okay, these people are not messing with you. Right. How do I react to this regardless if they are? And then can I get to, to the reality of nobody's actually messing with you? And uh, that was the last little bit of thing to go is that nobody's actually following you. Right? Yeah, right. And it was weird how that sound... And that assumption and my my perception about people following me. The association that you'd made. How God's law actually healed me from such things. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen overnight. And I was exposed to a lot of things. Well, and you, so one of the, you, you didn't mention this on the podcast, but you did to me. One of the things that you did was actually force yourself to return. Yeah. And I don't recommend doing this by yourself, but I did. And um, so return to some of the neighborhoods where some of the stuff had gone down Mm -hmm. in his addiction. Um, And maybe just like (laughs) little Albert, because I was running away from everything. I knew in my adult mind, it wasn't good to run. I can't live a life of avoidance. And a lot, you know, and there's an exhortation, and I agree in, in, in some cases, even uh, Pastor Durbin would say this, don't go down the alleys that you used to walk right. down. Don't right, right. try to, you know, like you. If the street cues a response, like if you have an association with that street that flee just. Flee from temptation. Right. If it's going to make you fall, it's best not to go down there. And I believe that is sound advice mm-hmm. in some cases. Yeah. But there was nowhere that I couldn't go that right. didn't remind me Part of the, Right. The problem is, is like mm-hmm. when you did it all over the place. Right. You Where do about, I go? You think about Paul's understanding of sexual morality. That is a sin against your own body. And I can see it that in, a, in tons of ways. I will give you an example. I was extremely promiscuous. Mm-hmm. I can't even get into the shower 
without thinking sure. of things that I used How to do. How are you going to avoid that street? Right. Right. How are you going to avoid that? How do I avoid the freeway with every single, you know, castle megastore and fashionations? They're porn, porn shops, you know, yeah, and yeah. an all-encompassing mm-hmm. thought, you know, they're whatever. You, you can debate on what they actually are, but they no, are. They are, that. they are what they are. Yeah, yeah. And what am I going to Google? Ah, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't even look at women in the eye when I first got there because the temptation of having some kind of thought, even if it's just beauty, shook me. Nick's looking me right in the eyes, guys. Right, right. Just <laughs> but I don't have that He's mind come a long frame. way, right. I had to be able to do these things. So I think yours I was is too sensitive. But yours is an example of like we actually can mm-hmm. deprogram yeah. these learned behaviors, uh, neural pathways can be re can be established rerouted we actually like we know biologically that that's true and it was Um, done biblically yeah yes but that didn't happen for Mm. baby albert that didn't happen for baby it couldn't happen for baby albert no it was a nine-month-old baby which should have showed you right away i mean because we already had some understanding of childhood development oh yeah Right. I, I I do think that somebody could have called this unethical before. Oh, right there. <laughs> I'm, even if you really didn't have the wherewithal to understand that this could be potentially damaging right. before the experiment started. Uh-huh. As soon as you see Albert freaking out when the rats presented because of it's been paired now with this really scary noise, mm-hmm. you stop the experiment immediately. And that would have been. And it, it, it is interesting if we had a biblical, a biblical ethic here. Um, we would understand or at least have been caution uh, um, and, and, and perform our experiments in a cautionary matter as to not hurt our neighbor because we're commanded not yeah, to. Right. And like I said, Paul says that sexual morality is a sin against your own body. We don't have the anthropological understanding that we create our own law. So it's not just a mere moral transgression. It does something to you. It defiles right. you. It corrupts you. We've observed how wayward you can go because that's conditioning. You do it once, a little leaven leavens the whole lot. There is a lot of things in the Bible that if in our experiments we consider sound wisdom and objective truth, Mm -hmm. I think that we can do our experiments correctly. Right. And so what we're not saying, of course, is there haven't been Christians that participated in um morally questionable or even reprehensible stuff. I'm not pulling anything to my mind at the moment, but I'm sure that like there is history of that happening. We should be able to take God's law and his like commandment to love our neighbor, to do no harm. um, And, pass things like this through that as a filter and say, you know, even if I don't understand that I'm going to potentially be scarring this, this poor child for life, um, even scaring him like that in the moment is probably not, is not like adhering or upholding Mm. that part of God's law righteously Mm. because I am harming. Right. And you know, one last thing and I suppose we'll wrap it up. Yeah, it'll be a well, and then time. yeah, we'll do another haunted and couch we'll a, um, a, with my study. A haunted couch. A haunted couch. But Ba-na-na, you know, Paul says in Romans twelve, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We understood two thousand years ago that it is a process to acclimate to a new environment, and something as so dynamic as being born again, new heart, new spirit, law written on your heart, everything changes. And even in that, God says it's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, decon- deconditioning, deprogramming, changing the way you think, living a holy life is commanded to you right off the bat with an understanding of God is going to bring you through this so that you can obtain that commandment. Right. You hear the hard commandment and you go, OK, I got to do this. How? Let me show you. Follow me. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That's what we're thinking about in, in any kind of experiment. And, uh, and so I, I want to achieve that in everything that I do when I observe, you mm. know what I mean? And I don't want to <laughs> harm my neighbor and woe to anybody who gains by unjust means. Yes. Because we can learn a lot by digging into somebody's heart. Guys. But do you really want to do that? Well, yeah. <laughs> the ends don't justify, or the means are not justified by the ends mm-hmm. like that. I hope you enjoyed this, guys. Um, yes. Is there anything else? I don't think so. I think we did, uh, hopefully we did a good job of Mm -hmm. covering baby Albert. Um, Right. And so may you 
rise to the occasion. Um, I know any of you well. out there doing experiments in school, in graduate school, mm. make sure it's ethical. Make I mean, sure. <laughs> we're in a time period now where it would be a lot harder to get away with something like this. Yeah. Um, be exposed to righteousness and yeah. holiness, but and I guarantee you, you will filter. react. Yeah, yeah pass yeah. it, and I guess it, I, I guarantee you, uh, you will react in that holy way, in righteous mm-hmm. way, and uh, even as you uh, will follow Christ, take heart; He has overcome the world. Love you guys. Love you.